You are now listening to Redbeard Talks Redbirds, your home for all things Cardinals baseball. Welcome back, Redbeard Talks Redbirds. It is uh, February 15th, and we're getting ready. Spring training games are just about to start. I've got uh, Matt Johnson here, going to talk a little Redbirds baseball. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good, man. I have a beverage of choice, so doing all right. Beverage of choice, that's always nice, yeah. My uh, beverage of choice at this time of night is usually just water, so I can, uh, you know, kind of come down. night. Yeah. That's true. So, Matt, where are you from? Who are you? What are you doing? I am Matt Johnson. I've been a lifelong Cardinal fan. I was born in St. Louis back in 1966. Cheers. The uh, first recollection of Cardinal baseball for me was the early 70s. Again, that was probably the late, um, I want to say probably Ted Simmons, uh, Lou Brock, you had um, Bob Gibson in there still in the early 70s. But, it, again, they were a good team, but not one of their great teams. I like their 60s teams. Yeah. Now, it's funny. When we were born in St. Louis, my dad used to go watch them play before Bush Stadium was built at Sportsman Park and then at Bush because we left in 68. Yeah, but he'd see say Gibson. Six was the first year for Bush, too, wasn't it? Yeah. But he'd see him go play against uh, – the Dodgers, you know, you'd have Gibson, you know, on the mound against uh, Drysdale or Koufax. Oh, nice. I was like, yeah, that must have been a heck of a game. He said, that, yeah, that's a hell of a matchup. You know, so that was it. And then the 70s and the 80s, you know, I started playing more and more baseball myself. And that was the thing is, is uh, well, 80s was a good time. was a very good time. That was actually probably the best time, you know, for me until recently here, until, you know, about 10 years ago. Well, and again, I remember in 04, when they got back to the World Series, it, you know, it had been a long time. Because I remember the 87 series against Minnesota. I remember the 85 series against Kansas City. Yep. Which, again, until 85, Kansas City was really my American League team. Yeah. And then when that happened, and I still don't like to this to this day, I've turned my back on and said, <laughs> no. Brett Saberhagen and the rest of them, that's it. You guys never. George Brett, and I always had a lot of respect for George Brett. But when 85 happened, I was like, that's, you know, that was my senior year of high school. And just what a what a downer. Done with those bastards. Yes. And again, I remember uh, 82 was my freshman year. I was on the, the high school baseball team. And I'll never forget, there's a guy who played, I played uh, right field, he played center field. And he was a real big mouth. He was a huge Milwaukee Brewer fan. Oh, geez. And after game one, yeah, after game one, when Milwaukee won game one, 10 to nothing, he comes to the, lo- uh, the locker room and then out in the dugout, just chirping about how awful we were and they're going to be some four games. And, you know, after a 10 to zero loss, you know, what could you say? You know, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, and then it was just so nice and just, Vengeance was best served cold when, you know, Bruce Suter's on the mound, game seven, and we're about to close it out when our first World Series since, like, 1967. Yeah. And then, of course, that was quite a drought until 2006. Well, you're a little bit older than me. Um, My first major playoff memory was 96. 
Um, for me, it was the Cardinals up against the Braves in the NLCS. And I had a buddy of mine that was a big Braves fan. And so we're both going to school wearing Cardinals and Braves jerseys on game days. And of course the Cardinals blow a three to one lead and don't remember that we got a three to one. Yeah. That's, that was something that was unbelievable. Yeah. A three to one. And then, but you gotta remember the, the Braves really got hot and they really kind of carried that into the world series until. Well, I mean the Braves, they won their division. What? Like, 13 years in a row or something. Yeah. Yeah. They were, yeah. The, the Bobby Cox years were something for them. They were an amazing team year after year after year. They just only got the job done one time. Yeah. That was what, 95? Something like that. Yeah. I actually lived in Georgia at that time. So I got to go see the Cardinals when they came to Atlanta. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I see get to see the Cardinals go here, you know, when they would come here for a spring training in Orlando, which was nice. They'd play out of Disney. And I remember going to see them. Did they used to play up in Orlando? Yeah. Okay. I know they were in Tampa for a time years and years ago. They'd come play in, you know, like the Braves here in uh, um, Orlando. Oh, oh, you don't mean they were based in Orlando? No, no, they were based here. They they would come play. Like I said, I would make sure that my dad and I would go see them play when they came to Orlando. Again, the facility out at Disney is really second to none. Yeah. So when they would come into town, of course, this is when you had Mac on the team still with the, uh, cause he was the batting coach. You know, Albert was still a young guy with us at the time. We had a Matt holiday. Oh yeah. So it was really, it was a exciting time to be a Cardinal fan and a great games. Yes. Sir. But I always remember whenever I could go see them in spring training, they they win the World Series because I, I saw them in 06 and 11. And it's like, bam, there, you know, there they are. Well, as many of you went to go see a game last year and that didn't go too well. <sighs> yeah, the street the streak broke. <laughs> Maybe you gotta see them in Orlando. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I'll tell you what though. We uh well, so what do we got going on? I know you want to talk a little bit about last year and bring up some pain points for everybody. So why don't you do that as fast as you can? <laughs> well, as fast as I can is, I mean, I'd like to really kind of express pitching. I mean, what do you think of the pitching staff this year compared to last year? Well, so my big thing, and I, I, I feel like I say this over and over again, my big thing with the Cardinals for 10 plus years we seem to always have good talent. We always have a lot of guys with good potential and people don't play up to their potential and folks get hurt and the season goes sideways almost every year. Even if yeah. we're making the playoffs, it's still, we don't seem to really have what we need to have. Like 2022 was probably the first time in quite a few years where I actually felt like we had a shot to do something for real and go deep in the playoffs, you know, World Series, something like that. I felt like we had the team and the guys built to make a real run. Um, so I, I guess that's my broad outlook on the Cardinals. And then if you if you zero back in, it's kind of the same thing for pitching. You know, I, I thought we had a pretty good staff and we had a lot of guys really perform very poorly last year. And mm-hmm. granted, you're talking about World Baseball Classic and we had – I want to say 11 different players out playing in the world baseball classic for weeks at a time with very little 
spring training time. We've got a new starting catcher who's trying to learn the pitchers and vice versa and, and all that going on. And then just a ton of people underperforming. Like I wrote down some stats in preparation here. Miles Mikolas last year was the worst year he's had since he was a Ranger in, I want to say 2016 or something like that. He had a six something ERA for the Rangers. Um, You know, in 2018, Mikolas had a, he was 18 and four with a 2.83 ERA. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of bounced up and down a little bit. 19, 20, 21, he had four plus ERA. So still decent, but not where he probably should be. Uh, 22, he had a 3.2 ERA. Last year, he jumped all the way back up. Like I said, the second worst that I saw in his stat sheet with just a real quick look, 4.78 ERA. Just really, really bad. And his whip numbers went way up last year. And, you know, he was the main guy outside of Jack Flaherty that we were relying on. Jack Flaherty is one of those guys where, again, tons of talent, tons of potential, but can you actually put it all together? And so far it seems like he's struggling to put it all together. Now, granted, not a Cardinal anymore. I'm always going to root for him, but that's what we had when we had Jack Flaherty. Yeah. Um, You know, most of the, the other guys in our starting rotation are new to us or at least sort of new, Lance. Um, But like Steven Matz, he actually had a fair year last year. I'm looking Mm -hmm. at his career numbers, ERA 4.25. 2022, his ERA is 5.25, and he pitched in 15 games. Last year, his ERA was 3.86, and he threw in 25 games. So, I mean, looking at that, Steven Matz actually had – probably about the best year as a starter that we had and this year he's like our number five starter so that's encouraging um but going going into this year you know we got Sonny Gray who he's kind of bounced up and down a little bit as as far as his career numbers but his career ERA is a 3.47 last year he's a 2.79 the year before that he's a 3.08 and he's a competitor Dude wants to work hard. He wants to win games. He wants to beat you into the ground from what I can tell. So and right I'm now I'm excited to have him. Yeah. With the 2.79 right now, that is the ace of our staff. That right 100%. there. Absolutely. Cause I mean, you think about last year, the best ER we had last year out of our starters was a, what a 3.42 in Jason Montgomery. Well, again, we he, only had him for half a year. Yeah. But I mean, and still Jordan he was six and nine before, you know, Saw the door, and again, if you look at you look at Nicholas, you look at Flaherty. I know you're you're sad to see Flaherty go, but again, Flaherty was only what seven and six when he last year was with us. I mean, thirteen games where he got a decision in seven wins, six down. My biggest thing for him is I like him, and I know he could be really good. I just hope he's not really good for someone else. I'm selfish. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that could be you know like the Steve Carlton. Uh, yeah, dilemma, you know, we're but like Miles, we know he can be better. 2018, he was really, really strong 2.83 ERA, 18 mm-hmm. and four. That was a great year, and then he's been solid since then. Um, uh, Lance Lynn, we know that he can be good. Last year was bad, 
He his strikeout numbers went up last year, higher than normal, but he gave up a ton of home runs and his ERA was 5.73. But his career numbers he had a hard time pitching out situations, also though. That's true. And that was by his uh, ERA balloon. That's true. Um, his career ERA, even with last year being so bad, is th- still a 3.74. Yeah. That's a strong career ERA. And you know the okay. dude is going to show up and he's going to throw a lot of innings. He's going to try to help the team, whether it's by winning or eating innings. So I'm happy to have him. But, you know, Alex, I don't know this stat, but I wonder how many of our guys actually got a win last year, even when they had a, a poor outing, like a 6-7 ERA night and still got the W. Because our yeah. guys got 10, 11. I guarantee, I guarantee it was less than a handful. Well, as the offense also one thing started. I think is interesting because <laughs> wins is not really something most people are looking at anymore. I like wins for a pitcher. I think it's important. And if you're not thinking about it, it tells me you're not worried about the team winning to some degree. Yeah. Um, you, We were talking before we started recording and um, you kind of mentioned wins a few times. And so I feel like you're kind of a more old school guy, a little bit more like me as far as that goes. Absolutely. Because I know one ERA our pitchers, probably encompasses the pitcher's performance better, but I think you have to look at wins. It has to be something that you're worried about or you're not thinking about the right things. I I agree also. I mean, you're preaching to the choir with that one. Yeah. I totally agree with that one. Like I said, if we can't get the W, especially, I mean, and you want to keep your starting pitchers with Ws, not your middle relievers. And if we can't keep starters in the game more, because, again, you get those middle relievers going longer and longer innings, <laughs> you get tired, two, you know, two-thirds, three-fourths through the season. Yep. And we're, well, and again, the relievers are not guys that are there for long outings. They're not <laughs> meant to be pitching every single day, three-plus innings a day. You know, they, there's times when you have to be able to do something like that, but hopefully that's few and far between. Yeah. Um, actually, so going back to wins real quick, um, Steven Matz, our number five starter. In yeah. 2022, he was five and three with a terrible ERA of 5.25. But in 23, he went four and seven with a 3.86 yeah. ERA. Go figure. Yeah. Well, yeah, and again, that's an improvement. And that's right. nearly, you know, three quarters of a run improvement. That's right. Now, Mike, he was still four and seven. And then I'm going back to the age old question. I, I, I stated this earlier. You know, how many runs and support did we get them? I know, I know. You think about that. If you if you think about our pitchers, you got Goldie, and you got Arenado. When they both have under 300, you know, batting averages, you know, where where's the run production going to come from? No, our, our highest batting and, average last year came from the eight spot. Yeah. Well, and so last year we were kind of in a spot where no one was really hitting like we wanted them to, and we almost didn't really have a real leadoff guy. So yeah. all of the on base across the board was down. Goldie and Arenado both, I think they were in the 270s. They both had decent years, but they couldn't no, no, both. both 260s. You're in the two. I mean, Goldie was at 268, and Arenado was at a. Uh, Two, uh, I want like two sixty four. Okay, I was thinking it was two seventy six or something. Well, yeah, and, you know, Tommy Edmond, his on base and batting average was down. Even Brendan Donovan was down a little bit. And those yeah. are two guys that we got to have higher average and higher on base. 
we're gonna our best batting average last year was out of Jordan Walker. You know his rookie year. He was 21 years old. Yeah, I mean, and again, hitting in the A spot. Right. I mean, that's you know, that hey, that equals 71 wins. You know, I mean, that's that's that, what you got. That is how the math adds up, yeah. yes. In a last place finish in the central, going from first place to last place. Well, so what does that how does that what does that mean for us this year? So I'm always kind of leaning on the positive side. I'm assuming things are going to be better. People are going to live up to their potential to some degree. I'm assuming Lance Lynn's going to have a better year. I'm assuming Miles is going to have a better year. Um, I feel actually really good about our bullpen. Um, so like real quick, let's run through the bullpen. Gio Gonzalez, Ryan Helsley, mm -hmm. Kittredge, Middleton, Jojo Romero. I, I like all those guys quite a bit. And then you got Palante, you got John King. Yeah. And then you have, you know, probably a rotation between Zach Thompson, Libertor, and Nick Robertson. And that's a pretty solid bullpen. If if people yeah. do what they're supposed to do, I feel real good about that. But I mean, we had a lot of blown saves in last year, also. Now you can blame that on the the fact that we didn't really have a lot of work out of. Again, our brand new catcher after you know Yachty mm -hmm. retires, you know we didn't get a lot of work with the pitchers and catchers. That might cost us, you know, take as many as 10, 11 games. But still, even if we win all those 10, 11 games, we're still only 81, 82 wins. Yeah. And again, good hitting helps good pit, you know. Well, and how many pitchers, blown saves did we have? It was crazy. Like it was, it was, it was or something. Nuts. Yeah. I mean, it was nuts. And again, when you have 20... If you convert nine of those, that's 80 wins. Yeah. And again, you have almost 20 blown saves. That's... Let's say we go the other way, we win all 18 of them. Yeah. Now you're and the all of a sudden, we're yeah. in the playoffs. And yeah. we're, we're in the playoffs. enjoying ourselves. Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to. And again, I think that's what it was. Some of these guys... You know, you look at Miklas, you look at... You know, with... Uh, Wainwright, you know, that's really all they knew at, at the as a starting catcher for you all those years was young. Yeah. Now you got actually I was watching a podcast the other day. I, I'm gonna try to watch more of theirs. I was entertained by it. It's um I want to think I think it's called Foul Territory with um uh AJ Przinsky and another guy. And mm -hmm. they were talking about Yachty specifically because Przinsky was a cardinal for like half a season or something. Yachty was hurt. And so they were trying to find someone to fill in for a while because it was going to be an extended period of time. And he tells a story talking about Yachty and how well respected he is and how he's treated within the organization. And he says, you know, I watch Matheny turn around to Yachty and ask Yachty, hey, should should I keep the pitcher in or should I pull him? You know, Matheny's the manager at this point. Yeah. Yachty's not even playing in this game. And Yachty yeah. responds and says, why don't you ask your catcher? He's sitting right here talking about AJ and AJ is yeah. sitting there watching this, this back and forth. And he's like, that's, that's how Yachty's treated within the Cardinal organization. Cause he is a coach on the field. Well, Yachty was such a competitor. And they said in, in meetings, he would actually remember from like two seasons ago, how to pitch certain people. Like, so you could have a guy get injured for a season and come back. And he was starting to tear it up. It's like, no, 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 you don't do this. Here's how you pitch him. And said mm -hmm. that was a true baseball man. And that was a guy who really knew 
the sport. I mean, he had not only was he a great athlete, but he was actually a fantastic student of the game. And I think that's what lasted so long. That kind of reminds me of, um, I think it was Tony LaRusso's book, Three Nights in August, talking about how he, when he was young, he'd hang out with base, you know, baseball men. Mm -hmm. And um, they would just like sit there and smoke cigars and drink alcohol until all hours of the night, you know, just talking baseball and all the scenarios and all the different things. And, you know, there's, there's probably some parts of that that maybe are not necessarily great for the game or society, but there's some parts of it where it's, for me, at least it's like, it's a little romantic because the game and, and how it's treated and how it's revered and, and the, the importance that people could place on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's probably the, uh, the lawyer in Tony, you know, cause Tony actually is also a, he is, a, you know, he has a lawyer. Degree. He passed the bar went while he was a major league manager, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, I guess he did. And I think that's what it is. I think he's a true student of the game also. And I think when we got him, he wasn't a spring chicken. I mean, he wasn't a young guy. That's true. And it was nice for him really to kind of, at the time, end his career with the Cardinals. Yeah, he we had a number 10 so that he could bring the 10th championship to St. Louis. And he did. And that was, yeah, and that was, you know, I guess what he got his number retired, what, the year, a year later? Something like that. And um, I mean, when do you think you're going to retire Yachty and uh, Albert's number? Yesterday. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, Wainwright? You think he gets a retirement? Probably. Did they put 40 well, up there? I think they uh, should. Maybe not. I guess they did. But get over 200 wins. I mean, played his entire career in St. Louis. I mean, well, so that takes us back to a conversation we had a week or two ago about all uh, Kenny Boyer. Yeah. Number 14 is the only number on the wall, only retired number of a guy that is not a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. So therefore, that leads me to say Wainwright probably won't get his number retired, but the man is revered. He's been a Cardinal for a long time, and and everyone loves him. So if it was retired, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, you think that's what they do with guys who are not in the Hall of Famers? They probably just put them in the Red Jacket Club. Yeah, that, we've I mean, seen I that think, a bunch. And I, mean, I know he'll be there, but I just uh, I mean, I think we should have more great Cardinals. On the wall, just for the fact of if you look at 2011 with Chris Carter. Run out of numbers, Matt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the Yankees don't seem to. I mean, so, you know, I just, I still think we got plenty of numbers, you know. <laughs> I still think Chris Carpenter belongs to choose from. You know, he, he belongs on that wall because, again, he virtually put the team on his back in that 2000 champion or 2011 championship. 2011. Team. Oh, my God. He made it happen. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a fantastic team around him, but he made that happen, hundred percent. And really, one of my favorite players will never be a Hall of Famer, but one of my favorite players, you know, Jose Akendo, you know, I'd put him on that wall, number eleven, because that is a true Cardinal man. That's a guy who pretty much spent his career with us. He has had a player an for all those years. On, he's had a huge impact on every Cardinals team going back to when. 83 70s? no no i get um he was with the the mets like 
like at 17 years old. He was kind of like a Dwight Good, but he's he got you know two years with them, and then they released him. We picked him up, and he was with us for you know for really the entirety of his career. And then he was again our coach, well, and he's still with us, sort of. Yeah, he's a special instructor. He's he's in Jupiter right now. He's helping out all the infielders. Yeah, I just think um he's a little retired, you know, he's and that's why he's just instructing not third base coaching. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like old Nicky Leva, you know, back in the day. You're probably too young for that. But yeah, he was our first first base coach forever. And again, yeah. another great, you know. No, I mean I'm not going off a of, you know the rails here. I'm not saying put like Matt Holiday on. I mean, great cardinal, yes. But I don't think, you know, he really deserves to be on the wall yet because he didn't spend a lot of his career with us. Well, he played for us player for when he played seven for years. Yeah. But, I, I mean, mean, he didn't he – uh, most of his career, though, in Colorado. Yeah. Well, you could really well, say, you know, Lance Berkman had a great, you know, cup of coffee with us. It really helped us win that, that yeah. 11 championship also on the offense. Yes, he did. You know, so it's, you know, and, you know, you've got Orlando Cepeda back in the 60s. A lot of guys have really played very, very well for us in the short time they were with us. So, you're not wrong. I'm not I, going. I think the red jacket is is where those guys belong. That way, they guys, get yeah. honored the way they deserve. But I, you know, retiring a number that's a big, big deal. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I I do think that needs to be reserved for the very top echelon. Yeah. So, I mean, well, before we get too deep into that stuff, what else do we have for uh, what else do we season. have for this year? Well, as as much as our our pitching woes to glare, we need to be more consistent at the plate. And again, yeah. and if we can't have more than three guys hitting above three hundred, you know we're 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 whistling in the dugout. We're not gonna we're not gonna get ninety wins. If we can't have more people that are more consistent at the plate. Well, so I'm a big fan of Tommy Edmond. I'm a big fan of Brendan Donovan. Yeah. If they can both pick it up a little bit, if Arenado can pick it up a little bit, if Goldie can pick it up a little bit, it, you know, all of a sudden our team looks a whole lot better. Mason Wynn's got a ton of potential. I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, I love Newt Barr. Newt Barr is like, in my opinion, he's an all-around player. He's not Mike Trout, but he's he he's an all-around good baseball player. Yeah. And then obviously we got homeboy in right field who's going to show up and he's going to be exciting. I I am really excited to see what he does, knowing the um the adjustments that he made in the middle of the season last year and how he was able to continue to produce and even defensively. He got a lot better, and he's got that huge arm. He's just going to be really exciting. Well, if you look at Walker Newmore and also Win, they're all twenty-five years or younger. Yeah, you know, and that's unfortunate. They've got to step up. They've got to get another step because yeah, they they had a very good year last year, but again, we're on a team with only seventy-one wins. But these are well, the guys that really need to be around three hundred. Oh, I know. I agree. I just. I feel like we've got the right ingredients. Just people got to mm -hmm. do what they're supposed to do. Like Contreras last year, he really came alive in the last, what, six weeks of the season. Yeah. If he can be anywhere close to that all year long, he's going to have a much better year. 
Hopefully he has to extend a that. lot more comfortable wearing red instead yeah. of blue. <laughs> yeah, he has to he has to extend that. And again, yeah. we've got to get our starting pitchers more comfortable this year. Yeah. Yes, more. I think they will be. I'm excited to yeah. see what happens. We do have a few new faces, so when you have that many new people showing up, it it gives me a little bit of concern because they have to gel together and work together. But I'm excited to see how it goes. No, I agree. And like I said, it's it is exciting, and I always get excited for every start of the season. And again, if you think about it, before last year, we always kind of started slow. We'd always kind of pick it up in like July. Yep. And we would go on that tear in July, and that's when we would really be kind of in the hunt. And last year, I was kind of waiting for that July to happen. It didn't happen. I know. Well, and when it didn't happen, so I was like, well, Goldie and Arenado are traditional slow starters. But mm -hmm. yeah, if we could start winning some games early, that'd be great. I remember that was one of the things Tony LaRusso was always about. It was don't wait to win, go win these games now, because these games matter just as much as these over here on the other side Absolutely. of the calendar. Absolutely. And like I said, is try to get, you know, my all-star game in first or second position in the division. Yeah. You know, where you can either win the division or be a, a, a wild card team. And again, I yeah, still it's think it's all even, about momentum these days for some reason. Yeah. I think it's because of the extended playoffs. It seems to all be about momentum. Because even wild card teams win the win the World Series, you know. Almost every year. Yeah. And I mean, we wanted but I guess in eleven we were uh, division champs. That's right. And Dude, I was going to say we were six also. So yeah. So yeah, All but right. I mean, so we got like uh, six minutes left. So one of my favorite parts of this, which we've kind of covered some of this already, but let's talk uh, personal story, personal memory. Well, my personal memories. I've kind of already talked one about the eighty-two World Series. I've got to say, probably. Other than you know that great game six in 2011, I got to say in 1985, I was again a senior in high school. We we're going to the World Series, but we had the Dodgers in front of us first. And in game five, and we beat them in uh, Bush Stadium on an Ozzy Smith home run. That Go barely, crazy, I mean, folks! Uh, well, that's that's a, like I said. I mean, I can go there, but again, this is one that was much earlier because this was so much more. Monumental. This is really what gave me my my love story towards the Cardinals, because I was a young man. I was, you know, a teenager still. And again, I mean, you get that. When then the very next night, next afternoon, we're down again. Uh, LA's Do uh, Dodgers um, ace relievers on the the mound again. Tom Needenfewer, and then Jack Clark hits a, a two run home run. I'm sorry, three run home run to win the game. Yep. In the bottom or the top of the ninth. I mean, that right there, and then, of course, that propels us into the World Series, which you had the you know the tricky one where in game six, you know, he was called safe when he was out. Even the uh, umpires <laughs> come back on that call now. Yeah, that made me mad. That one was – that was awful. Well, I still had friends. That is one of your favorite memories. Come on. That's not – I mean, I'm saying that NLCS was one of my favorite memories, though. Because I actually just watched um, a special about George Brett, and they kind of talked about that a little bit. So that was kind of interesting to see because I was very little at that time. Yeah. And you think about it also, too, is that's the only World Series George Brett ever got. Yeah. He never got another. I mean, he was in it playing in the 70s, but he they never lost won. Like three, three times in five years to the Yankees or something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure did. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, those were some, you know, great Yankee teams, which they couldn't get past. And you can always say big market versus little market. And that was kind of like with uh, us in the, you know, 2010 to 2014 stint with the, the, uh, the Giants. And we could make it to the NLCS, but, you know, always losing that yeah. game seven for some reason. Those yeah. are always kind of tough. And I always say it comes down to buying that, you know, extra pitcher that's a little, you know, because, again, they have a very sloppy salary code, in my, my opinion. The salary cap is very sloppy. Yeah. Because all you have to do is pay a little extra tax, and you can – and big cities seem to be able to get away with that, and little cities can't. Some of our biggest seasons that we had in like the, the early 2000s, I guess the 2010s, let's call them that. Yeah. We we brought in a lot of somewhat under the radar guys that really helped out. And some of them were trade deadlines. Some of them were off-season acquisitions, things like that. But like um, Ronnie Belliard, second baseman showed up and he was like a spark plug and gave us a ton of energy and, and everything and, and helped us do a lot of things. And I'm trying to remember some other folks like that. Jed Weaver, you know? Oh my dream. God. Yes. I mean, he was, that got him, you know, that got him eight figures. Mm -hmm. Because virtually before he came to us in 2011, he was done. They were, they were done with it. The main pitch for the angels before that. And he kind of yeah. washed out and they gave up on him. Gave up on a week. So, and then he goes back out to California because I think he was a California guy yep. and signs, signs a, you know, 10 million year or $10 million plus contract. Yep. You know, or also um, uh, the, the little shortstop that played for us in, in 06, who's from the University of Florida. Gosh. Are you talking about Eckstein? Eckstein. Yes. David Eckstein. Yeah. How do you not love David Eckstein? Again, here's a guy who was a walk on at college. By the time he leaves the University of Florida, he's the captain. And then again, that guy was hustle from pitch one to the end of the game. That's and your those 2006 the World Series MVP. Oh, absolutely. And he was. He took home like a brand new Corvette or something. And I think at the time in the interview, he said that was his very first brand new car. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was so fun to watch. <laughs> yes. I said, I mean, great, great memory. With a uh, Exxon, yeah. yeah, love it. Ugh. All right, well, uh, our time limit's about to about to wrap us up, so I think we That's better. I thought so. My my Oh, oh, let me get to one thing. You started mentioning 80, 82 and eighty five and all that. Um, I was working at GNC when I was in college, and a girl walked in with a um, with a National League championship Cardinals T shirt on, and she had a shirt on under it. And I bought the shirt from her for the, you know, the go crazy folks. I just, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't let it go. I had to try to get it and I got it. She sold it to me. That's nice. I bought the shirt got, from her. I've got my retro Cardinal shirt on. I like it. No, like I said, it's a, this is a brand new one. It looks good too. I know. All right. Hey, look, they're about to cut us off. So we'll do this again until Absolutely. next time. Let's go Cardinals. Thanks for having me. Go Cards. Thanks, Matt. See you, buddy. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much once again for joining us for this episode of Redbeard Talks Redbirds podcast. Make sure you go over there, hit like and subscribe for this channel. 
And don't forget to hit that notification button. Make sure you don't miss the next episode. Let's go Cardinals.